G'day and welcome to Formula Bums. My name is Jacko and with me this afternoon is my dear friend Andy. We're not nemesises anymore. How you going, mate? I'm a bit sad. Look, we're going to start the show off slightly differently than we normally do. We, um, we're we going to put the jokes on the back burner for maybe five minutes. Look, and I think we have to. So this weekend saw the passing of two important members of the Formula One team. Uh, Haas's Harvey Cook has passed away from an illness he's been battling for a while and... Dietrich Mateschitz from Red Bull has also lost his battle with a life of an illness he's been struggling with for quite a while. Yeah. And for people who don't really know, Dietrich was the boss of Red Bull. Not only that, he was the founder of Red Bull. But the Red company. Bull, yeah. That's, you know, he invented Red Bull. And if you are a sports fan in any capacity, you can't not see Red Bull written everywhere. That's just their marketing ploy. But also, did you know that he discovered the Red Bull formula after a trip to Thailand and he had a drink there and he basically took that and turned it into Red Bull? It was to help with jet lag, wasn't it? I can't remember. I just I was reading Wikipedia today when I was writing up a little post for our website and I didn't know that. And now I do. Yeah, and look, we I know we kind of sit here every week and we hang crap on absolutely everybody in the sport. But it's fun. It's fun, but Dietrich... Is a legend. Yes. He's changed the way the world interacts with sport. And we pass our condolences on to the Red Bull family and all the people who are connected to him. It, it's it's never good when we lose someone like this. And again, same to Haas. I believe Harvey was one of their team members. Yeah, just a team member, Harvey Cook, 31 years old, which is... Tragic. Way, uh, way too young. So... RFA guys, shout out to your families. Yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. And just on Dietrich as well, it's, a, it's not just motorsport. Like you said, sport in general. you got to think, there's RB Leip- Leipzig in the Bundesliga. That's a Red Bull-owned team. you got Tara or Alpha Tauri and Red Bull Racing, of course. The Red Bull Racing and the MotoGP. You've got... They let uh, a man jump out of space. Red Bull Racing and Pole. In the supercars. Yep. Um... Like Red Bull is just plastered everywhere. He had his. They sponsor parts teams in the World Rally Championship. It's incredible. So, it, yeah, it's it's very sad, and we're so sorry to hear that he passed away. And we and we are. So, I think the the best way for anyone to kind of reach and understand our true feelings of this man is to jump and read what Andy's written. Andy's put a couple of thoughts down in an article that he's going to post. Look, we're not qualified to sit here and have a serious chat. That That's where we're going to leave it. And now we're going to jump back to our normal stuff. All the funnies, hopefully. Look, we're going to do our best. So, on to the news, mate. And let's start with a little bit. So, first of all, it was the US Grand Prix. If you couldn't tell, watch it. There's flags everywhere. Those, those were the two largest flags I had ever seen. My first note I took was, well, you can tell we're in the US. I know, right? We had the appearance of Horsey McHorse from oh, Daniel Ricciardo. That's the first piece of news that we want that to talk about. Fantastic the way he's walked in and got it a pass. It had it had a VIP pass. He had a VIP Thursday horse. only though. Look, understandable. Animals shouldn't be at race tracks. We They're see what so happens at Canada funny. every year. It's so funny that he called him Horsey McHorse face. Oh, it was brilliant. But look, here's the big news. Daniel Ricciardo is confirmed that he's not going to be the Mercedes reserve driver. However, he will be at the team most weekends. Outside of Mercedes, there is only one team that brings their reserve driver with them every weekend. Red Bull. 
he's going home. He's going back to Redwood. Look, it's not confirmed. Ted thinks it's real. And if Ted says it, I believe it. And there's been a lot more than whispers coming out that he has all but confirmed it. You know what I mean? Like After Ted's notebook and then you messaged me about it, it just cropped up on more and more news sites. It's like, hey, Daniel Ricciardo to Red Bull. Daniel Ricciardo to Red Bull. Like, is this a thing? Sort of thing. And, I mean, if you got multiple news sites posting about it, there's got to be more than just Ted thinking it's happening. And, look, it is really the only option. I think it's fantastic. I think it's better than him going to the Mercedes reserve driver role. Well, it's a car he should know very well, to be honest. Him and Max are the only two who like cars the way they do. This means nothing about Checo's contract. I I think they're throwing him a lifeline to keep him in the sport more than anything else. I don't think this is foreshadowing for a return to a full-time Red Bull racing drive. But I think they are keeping him on tender so that if there is any opportunities, he's in a prime position to jump into a seat when it's available. So we're not thinking Checo's going to retire in 2023? I want him to. I, 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 I Now I really want him to, unfortunately. I desperately want him racing at Red Bull. Do I think it's actually going to happen? Probably not. No, I don't think so. I don't think it's fair to Checo and what he and Max have done together. No. Danny still truly believes he can win a world championship, and that's not something you're going to put next to Max, who is going to assert his dominance over the next few years. You say that. But? But. <laughs> He just won two in a row. I want someone else to win it next year. And this is coming from a diehard Max fan. Oh, me too. It's inherently good for the sport that other people win and put a challenge in. Do I think Red Bull's going to let that man be Daniel Ricciardo? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) I, I, I want it. I want it really bad. But hey, we need to wait for an official announcement. It does mean that he will probably do a practice session or two to keep up his skills, which would be lovely to see him in that Red Bull. You've just reminded me of more news. All the all the random drivers in FP1. Yeah, no, you genuinely have reminded me of a piece of news about another ex-Daniel Ricciardo team. Tell me. Alpine has announced that there is going to be a young Aussie jumping into their car in Mexico and Abu Dhabi, uh, Abu Dhabi for FP1. Jackie? Yeah. Jackie Doolan. It was no way in hell it was going to be Oscar. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Jack Doolan is their young driving School talent. He's an Aussie. He's the son of a legend MotoGP rider of McDoan. Yeah. So this kid's got talent. Look, he hasn't had the greatest year in F2, but no one really has this year. No. Except for Felipe Drogovic. Yeah. Mr. I'll I'll sign with Aston Martin, even though there's two seats on the grid still available. Yep. Uh, Williams has confirmed that if Logan Sargent finishes sixth or higher in the championship, he's currently sitting third in the Formula 2 championship, he will be the driver replacing Nicholas Latifi. They also gave him the FP1 session this weekend, and I believe they're going to do that for the rest of the year as well to give him points because he gets one point if he completes 100 kilometers per practice session. Okay, awesome. And I think that's a great idea because they've already confirmed Nick's not going there. They clearly want this kid in the sport. He's an, he's an absolute talent. He's phenomenal in front of the camera too. He interviews very well. He's a young American lad. Which is just going to drive up the American market. And it needs to. America is where a lot of the growth of this sport is going to come to. Europe saturated. Yeah. It makes sense. There's just one thing America needs to do for Williams. What's that? Uh, give them some money to get some downforce on their car. 
Oh, man. We will talk about <laughs> that in the race because Albon was trying his best, but we will get to that. He looked like he was driving drunk. Yep. Uh, next piece of news is there was a little bit of a Twitter spat this morning. There was. However, before we jump into that, oh. I want to bring up the fact that we saw the return of one of my favorite drivers for all of seven minutes. Hey, it didn't go well. Antonio Giovinazzi jumped in the Haas. And then basically did... And crashed it. <laughs> yeah, he did exactly what he's known for and basically butchered any chance he was going to get that seat. And look, it was one of the few moments of commentary that I was very, very happy with where they said, well, you know, they're bringing him in to see if he can be like more consistent and like keep the car together. And they're like, oh no, he's gone off. Oh, he's in the warts, red flagged. <laughs> oh no, he's not coming back out. He did what, five laps? I think it was like three. Three laps. It was seven minutes total in the car time before he broke it. Haas cannot catch a break. They really can't. But it's kind of funny. Tell me about this Twitter spat. I'm not a big Twitter user, but I did see something pop up that Buxton has fired some shots. Buxton has fired shots specifically at Sky Sports and their grid walk, which I think is an absolute shambles to begin with. I've never been the biggest fan of the grid walk. Look, Martin, I like your commentary. I like your insight. Stop going up to random celebrities and trying to have a chat with them. It's sort of embarrassing and awkward. It doesn't... Because that's the thing. Brundle in commentary is known as the sensible one. He's the one who does have the information. He's the cool head. He's the one hitting Crofty over the head every time he says the wrong thing. Exactly. And the gridwalk is just this awkward granddad who's getting bullied by A-listers. And I don't like it. Anyway, Buxton has come out and tweeted a little scrolling list of all these celebrities from the US Grand Prix that had been approved to have a grid walk conversation. Now, this is in reference to the fact that on the grid walk for the US Grand Prix, uh, Brundle tried to talk to Brad Pitt, who was never on this list, and Buxton has sort of thrown shade at them, was like, yo, he wasn't on the list. Why'd you try to talk to him? We all get this list. Do you guys not get it? And Karun and Martin have both chimed in saying this isn't correct, la, la, la. And Buxton literally just screenshotted the list and scro- him scrolling through it and posted it. It was like, yeah, it's not true, is it? <laughs> I did see that Brundle came out and said, don't make up your own yeah. narrative. Yeah. But it's, it's F1. That's the rules. You've got to make up your own stuff. Yeah. But How also, do you think Will's- to survive works? Exactly. But Will's being genuine here. So we had an initial chat where before we recorded this afternoon and we were just like, you know what? You said no more celebrities on the grid. What's the point of them being there? The the, the grid is there for people to get the cars prepped for the race. There's no point having Brad Pitt there just because he's an A-list celebrity writing a movie on Formula One. He has no right to be there. Venus Williams has no right to be on the grid when these cars are getting prepped. If you want to do the grid walk with Martin, fine. Have him talk to drivers, talk to team principals. Hell, talk to the head mechanic for fuck's sake. All these people that... Don't talk to this random bitch who's turned up for a race because she's been paid by some fucking advertising company to be there. No, I agree. I genuinely agree. It's not what the sport should be about. None of them give a shit about the sport anyway. There's only been one all year that gave a shit. And that was Dempsey. Yes. And that's because he's a Porsche racing driver and he was there representing and racing that weekend. Yes. And to throw back, America's always been really bad for it. Let's go back to Miami. Shocking. I know, right? You go back to the grid walk on Miami and you've got Martin's talk walk talking up to this rookie basketball player. I can't remember his name off the top of my head. He's like, Patrick, Patrick. I think it's Patrick fucking Mahomes from the Kansas City Chiefs. 
First of all, do your research, Brundle. It's not that hard. Second of all, he then goes up to this this guy. I can't remember his name, but he's like, oh, you look important. What are you doing? He goes, social media sensation. It's like, all right. That's getting <laughs> cut. Yeah. <laughs> but no, I agree. I do agree with what you're saying. It doesn't look good. It's a poor representation of the sport. This is a, the pinnacle of motor racing. Why isn't everything just about the motor racing? Yeah, I know. Like, who cares what... Um, I'm trying to think of another celebrity that was on the grid. Megan the Stallion was the one where the security dude caused a bit of a steal, a oh, stink. Yeah. Was that the one where Brundle ended up interviewing the security guy? Because that was kind of funny. No, that was for someone else. This was when the guy's like, sorry, you can't do that. And he's like, well, I just did. That oh. was the one with... Oh, okay. No, the, the, the one at Monaco where they asked you and the security guy's like, no, go away. And he's like, oh, well, is this your first time on the grid? Yeah. What do you think? <laughs> That's funny and good quality content. I believe that was the Dempsey one. Okay, yeah. He was waiting to that speak to Patrick fantastic. Dempsey. That was fantastic. But other than that, it's awkward. It doesn't add anything to the broadcast, to be honest, because none of them give a shit. Like, if you're going to interview anyone on the grid, interview people that give a crap about the sport. I agree. And look, Which means the drivers, the team principals, the head of aero, helmet. Uh, anyone. Anyone. Go down the back and talk to Franz Tost, who never gets air Talk to Yost. Yost is one of the nicest people I've ever met. So is Andreas. Andreas Actually, is great. I've never met him, but I, if I ever met him, I reckon he'd be the nicest person I ever met. He'd, he sounds lovely. After his Monaco thing where he was bringing them bananas and everything. Man, he that was, was out in the rain helping the team. Like, he's clearly a good bloke. Yes. Another piece of news we do need to go through before we jump in and talk about this race oh, yeah? is the cost cap. Oh, yes. So Red Bull and Suleiman and the FIA began discussions around the cost cap. Yes. After the passing of Dietrich, they Red, went Bull, on hold. Red Bull asked for a, a pause in proceedings and they were granted that, which I think is absolutely fair and the right thing to do. And on top of that, all the team principals basically shut down any com- questions about it. They're like, no... Out of respect for Dietrich, let's just let's leave it to the point where even Toto, pre-interview, said, "Do not give me questions; I will not answer them." And I think that speaks to just the fact that when last week we said these guys are playing characters to get their point across, we're seeing the human side of them now. Well, no, we've all lost a mate; we've all lost someone who's incredibly important to this sport. Let's just not worry about it. It's not a big enough deal, and exactly. it's not the right time to stir the pot. That exactly. will resume in Mexico, and it will be. Back on. Yes. But the other thing is, is they're, they're starting the conversations midweek this week. Another thing that's come out is a bit of a rundown on the discrepancies. Go on. So the first one is about Dan Fallows. Okay. So Dan Fallows went on garden leave last year because he was leaving to go to Aston Martin. Yep. So they put him on garden leave. So he had no, he didn't know anything about the 2022 car. It was safer that way. He just basically got paid to sit home. My dream job. <laughs> he was paid to sit at home and sit on his fat ass and play video games, hopefully. He probably didn't, but that's what I'd do. Um, so, yeah, they're, they're, they're discrepancing that they've had to bring in another full-time pl- person to replace Dan Fallows, and there's your double up on the first one. Like yep. That's a double in the that no one else has to pay for because they're paying two guys for one job. And no one in this sport is cheap. No. And then there's another one. There was a, a guy who was really sick and he was on sick leave. So they brought someone else in to replace him. And then he's gotten better and they've kept both on. And they probably just minimalized the second guy's job. Yep. But more the point, uh, he's come on full time and he's probably getting paid 
exactly the same as this poor person who's been on sick leave. All of a sudden, they come back. You got two people for one job. They probably push someone else on. But there you go. There, there's two of the discrepancies right there, and both are pretty valid from Rebel. It's like, yo, like he was sick. We needed someone to replace him, and this guy was leaving our team. We had to replace him. Yeah, and we, we had co- to pay him, and we couldn't leave him with all this information because we know what the Stroll family's like with insider information. Exactly. I think we can leave the cost cap there. We will pick up our discussion on it when more information comes out. Well, there's one other thing before we leave it. What do you got? Well, remember how we give Ferrari shit yes. for 2019, how they're doing that deal under the table and it gets all sealed. Sounds the same as what Red Bull's doing right now because Red Bull has had a penalty put in front of them. And they pushed back on it, didn't they? They pushed back on it, and now they're negotiating their penalty for cheating. I mean, part of me says, well, that's fair because that's well, what other teams can do. It's in the rule. The rules, they are allowed to do this. It is in the, the regulations for this year. However, could you imagine, for example, you, you've just been sent to the judiciary. You've You've done a, uh, an old-fashioned stiffy. <laughs> I've cleaned up <laughs> someone around the chops. You've knocked out... I want to think of a shit player. Who do I not like? Cameron Monster. You have clocked Cameron Monster's skull in. You've caved in his nose. I'll do it again. I would too. Because <laughs> it's Cameron Monster. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, you've done all this and then you go to the judiciary and the judiciary is like, right, we want to give you a 10-week ban. What do you think? And I go... How about four weeks and we don't tell anyone? That that's basically the that's look, what it seems like. It doesn't it's not a good look for any team who does no. it. It's not a good look for Red Bull. I wish they'd cop whatever the punishment was. We don't even know what the penalty was, do it's we? It's probably just a fucking fine. Yeah, so I mean, look, the sport's in a shambles at the moment. They're gonna have to rewrite a lot of regulations once again this summer. And I just hope that they write them very clearly and I hope they are hand-delivered to Crofty and he's forced to read and pass them test to make sure that he understands them. Because half this confusion comes from the fact that the broadcasters will say whatever they want and then that gets posted on news sites and it's very hard to find out any true information anymore of what the hell is going on. They need like a... They need like what the NRL has with uh, Graham Mannersley or my... A Tuesday or a Monday morning press conference where they discuss all the incidents from the weekend and then they tell the media exactly why the punishments have been carried out this way. I agree. Look, the sport... It's uh, its something I get a shits with with the NRL a lot about, but... At least they front up and do it. At least they front up and was like, yeah, we fucked up. Yeah, we made a mistake. Yes. So I agree. Just something like that just come out, be clear, transparent, and tell us exactly what the punishment is and why the punishment was handled. And then don't let Crofty speculate because he'll speculate wrong. Don't let anyone else speculate because they seem to speculate the same thing Crofty does, which is garbage. And I don't think that the commentators should be the mouthpiece for all the information in this sport. I think F1 needs to hire people. I'll do it. Oh, we'd love to do it. I think it'd be really good if I did it. Could you imagine if it was coming from just an Australian in general? Oh, it'd be brilliant. You know what? That's what Danny's job should be next year. He sits there and just talks to everyone about what's going on. Like, this this is why it happened. I, I and then they'll say, can we ask you a question? He'll go, no, thanks. No, Danny and Kimmy should be forced to do it because that way there will be no speculation. They will say exactly what needs to be said and move on. 
Yes, and there will be no need for a question because they won't get answered. Yep. Speaking of moving on, we have a whole race to talk about. Oh, fuck. Yeah, true. So qualifying was pretty standard. It, it didn't really tell much of a story. There was a bunch of engine penalties that came through. So let's just do a quick run through of the grid. I have the starting order. So this isn't the qualifying order. This is what the grid looked like at the green lights. That's good because I, I lost track. Yep. Carlos started in pole. Did not go well for him. Max was in second. Lewis third, followed by George. Stroll and Lando were next. That's an odd couple. After that was Valtteri and Albon. Sergio and Seb. Pierre and Charles. K-Mag and Alonso. DR and Mick. Nick Latifi. Joe Aguanyu. Yuki Tsunoda and Esteban Ocon at the back. So that's how the race started. Didn't Ocon start from pit lane? Yes. That's where he should have fucking been the whole race. <laughs> <laughs> Look, we're going to talk about some of the big things that happened in the race this week. Yes. Starting with lap one, turn one. I, you unfortunately copped my wrath over Facebook Messenger when I watched this race on replay. It was quite funny, to be honest. George Russell took out Carlos Sainz pretty well. Into he turned in on him. Oh, no. I Seriously, I've had enough of that guy's attitude and, like, just constantly. And, like, he did it. It's, everyone, it else. it's everyone else's fault, never George's. Oh, it look, the replays are quite obvious. Carlos and Max were taking the outside line. George cut across the inside and outside line, piled straight into the side of Carlos's you, Ferrari. something there. So what actually happened was both of them go to the outside, but Science sneaks back in on the inside of Max to try and take the corner from him. Yep. That's when George punts him because George goes too deep and locks up and goes bang into the side of him and breaks something in Carlos's car, which causes him to retire. And out of the race. That man has zero luck at the moment. I can't agree. catch a break. Carlos was out. That was it. Uh, you know, he got pole position. He was ready to go. He was on for a pretty decent race. That Ferrari was quite quick around that track. It should have been a good result. It really should have. And the Ferrari being quick was evident with the way Charles drove. Yes. Charles comes from... I think I looked at it at the end of lap two and Charles was already in, what, like six or something? He jumped five places in it the first couple mental. of laps. I, look, George Russell is a clearly talented driver. But this attitude, this air of superiority that he seems to be giving off versus the actions he's taking on track and over the radio just really, really rubbed me the wrong way. Who do you hate more, George or Lando? George. <laughs> George. Because you know what? I like hating Lando because Lando's a fine driver and he's, he doesn't, you know, the only times he's really gone off on the radio have been around his team. Lando hasn't taken anyone out, has he? No. This is what George's third or fourth significant racing incident caused. I believe it was his sixth this year. Yep. And then last year... Well, I mean, he punted Valtteri out of his seat. Yep. Which is, uh, you know... And then blamed Valtteri for that crash. And and not only that, smacked him on the helmet. And you know what I would have done if I was Valtteri? I would have gotten out and torn that kid in too. Oh, that helmet would have been into the, the fans. Oh, yep. I would have ripped the helmet off him and then started laying punches into him. I was oh. like, you motherfucker. It was just, it was horrible. And that's all I want to say about it because it made me so mad. Like, and I'm the normally chill dude on this podcast who's all like, everyone needs to calm down and relax. And I was spitting. I, 
I was like, you know what? Podcast is over. I can't deal with this shit. I don't want to do this anymore. I've had enough. So that was the first big incident. We also had... This is where I want to talk about Albon, actually. You want to talk about Albon? I wanted to do a quick talk about Albon because in the first few laps, he was driving the pants off that car, but because the Williams has no downforce, he was all over the road. And I want to compare that to what Nick was doing. Nick was right down near the back. That's where he started. That's where he stayed. Yeah, but Nick's not a fast driver. No, he's not. Albon, though, that kid's got talent. I'm so glad he's back in the sport. I really, really hope Williams can give him a car next year that he can actually compete. They just need to learn what downforce is. Yeah, and I don't I don't know what part of their car's gone wrong to not give them any downforce because the car looks fine. Well, I think it's in the wings. You say in the wings? Well, I think it's either in the wings or the way the air flows over the car and it's not pushing it down in the corners. Because down the down the straights, when he's in a straight line, that car is quick. Very like fast. You, you didn't notice this. I guarantee you didn't. Guess who was fastest in the speed trap? Was it? It was Latifi. Yep. By one kilometer, he was faster than everyone else. Yep. And I was going to guess one of the Williams drivers. Yeah. I mean, you set me up for one there. I was setting you up. But uh, no, it popped up at about like lap 30 or something. And it's like speed trap. Nicholas Latifi. I think it was like Fernando and someone. I can't remember the third one. But I was really shocked to see the Williams there. And then I thought about it for like more than a split second. I was like, hang on. No downforce. That car's flying down the back straight. And then he can't pull it up. That's why he's in 15th. <laughs> so, I Look. I was pretty impressed with what Albon was doing. Just like he was pushing that car to its absolute limit and it just wasn't working. It wasn't there to support him. But I just wanted to give him a shout out. Man, I could see what you were trying to do and I liked it. He was also in the points for quite a while too. He was. I guess we've got to talk about some end play drama. Oh, this part. So it starts on lap one. Just after the Carlos incident, you go through the S's and Sergio gives Valtteri the old get the fuck out of my way bump. Because <laughs> that's all it was. It was just like a little bump to push him out of the way and he just took off. And in that la- split second, end plate broke. Tore off one of his No, it didn't tear off. It broke because okay. it was still flapping Flap- there. For a while. It, it was a quite a while. Like Literally, it was past the first pit stop before it flew away. And then it eventually snapped and broke. Yes. And landed off the track. Yes. Spectacularly so. It just it it landed in a really safe spot. Yes. However, we've watched K Mag what twice this year? Three times this year. For a similar incident, similar broken end plate to the point where Haas protested Perez's result, saying you black and orange flagged us three times and yet you couldn't black and orange flag. What did I read? It was like the spaghetti and meatball flag or something they were calling it. Bas- yeah, spaghetti and meatball flag or basketball flag. Yeah, so it was a, it was a sh- it's a shit flag. But he got black and orange flagged. Which is, you need to come into the pits and fix this or yes. you're disqualified. Yes. Same thing was shown to Yuki when he's, they taped up his end plate, uh, yep. his rear wing. No, his, no, no. They didn't show it to him. They, they cr- taped it before they showed it yes. to him. Because <laughs> Paul kills the Grand Prix. Doresta's in the fucking commentary box saying... No, I wouldn't accept that. That's dangerous. You should black an orange flag. And it's like, shut the fuck up, Paul. You barely classify as a racing driver, let alone commentator. Still just hanging around for some reason. He's a wet fart. (laughs) So, Checo seemed to dodge a bullet there. He really did. He went on to have a fine race. He ended up finishing in fourth. 
Interestingly enough, though, Charles starting right midway through the pack, got through in third. I think it was just a little bit of... Because Charles's car didn't have a broken end plate. Maybe it was just a little bit more stable than Checo. However, Checo did come back towards the end of the race. He did put on that, like, kind of, what, last 15 lap? Last, I'd say last five laps, he pushed the gap from, like, five seconds to one second to Charles and was nearly in DRS zone. Yep, and that probably speaks to the fact that those Ferraris wear the tyres hard. Yeah. More than anything else in my mind. I wonder what they're going to focus on this summer. Probably not tyres. If nah, I, I didn't it's Ferrari, so. they're probably not going to focus on it because everything's fine. Well, no. <laughs> they know that their tyre wear is more, so clearly they're going to work on the underbody. They're going to make the engine more powerful. Yeah. Just power through it. Give the good old Jeremy Clarkson treatment. Power! More power, more speed, more power. Yes. Speed and power works. It, look, it's never failed me wrong in my 1.8 litre Corolla. Nor in my six-cylinder Commodore. Yeah, well, you know. Power! <laughs> <laughs> we got to talk about... Well, next the next incident was the first safety car caused by Valtteri. Yeah, beaching it. Yeah, he did, he did what Lance Stroll's known for. Just made a mistake, into the gravel, game over. Yeah. And look, I hate seeing Valtteri make mistakes. Me too. He's such a good person in this sport. But you know what the good thing is? He's locked into Alfa Romeo for as long as he wants to be. And I don't think he wants to go anywhere else. I think he's enjoying that time in that team. Yeah. He'll be fine. He'll be fine. And look, he's, he's probably going to go through a bunch of different teammates. Uh, well, I mean, this teammate won't last more than next year. Probably not. And I, I've, got, I've got a soft spot for Joe, but I, I can't see him. There's, okay, this is what I think about Joe. There's a certain type of caliber. If you want to be a race winner or a world champion, there's a certain kind of... Aggressiveness. Yeah, and a personality, a personality trait that Joe just doesn't have. He's too nice. He is too nice. But there are other drivers on this grid that also don't have this have this instinct as yeah, well. Yeah, the killer instinct. And that I'm going to list them. Who, do you, who are you saying? Um, I'm going to start with Yuki Tsunoda. Yep. He he just doesn't have... He, it shows in Drive to Survive when they show Pierre training and working his ass off and Yuki's just down the shop. Yeah, no, I agree. Yep. Uh, the next one's Esteban. Yeah, look... It's not he. It's not that he, he's too nice. It's just, oh, he's there. Yeah, and that Red Bull engineer in that very famous viral clip has just been like, yeah, man, we all forget he's there. He, you just check the timing sheets and you're like, oh, there he is. Yeah. Oh, he's here again. And look, he's put in some decent performances, but they've all had serious caveats around them. Yes, especially that race win. That was solely on the back of Valtteri Bottas going 10-pin bowling and on Fernando Alonso having just the thickness it takes to defend. Who else? Are you saying it's not got the killer instinct? I hate to say it, but Mick. I agree. Well, Nicholas doesn't. Nick doesn't. Uh, obviously, Stroll doesn't have it. Nope. And, and do you know what? Uh, this might sound controversial because I've just talked him up. I don't think Valtteri has either. No, I think Valtteri does to an extent. I think he's got parts of it in him. Do I think it's always there? Do I think it's this overwhelming hunger that Max and Lewis clearly have or that Danny has? No. I think some weekends he turns on like the animal mode and it lets it out and you're like, oh yeah, if you were like that every week, man, you'd still be at Mercedes. But some weeks I think he's just like, no, I'm here for a cruise. And I don't dislike him for that. 
But I just, I'd put him half in that category. I'd also put Albon in that category, like the Valtteri. Yeah, the half in, half half out. out, Yeah, because sometimes Albon will have a phenomenal drive. And it showed at Red Bull, he'd have a phenomenal weekend. And then Lewis would punt him off the track. (laughs) (laughs) I was getting to that. (laughs) But then he'd have four or five weekends where nothing. Qualified 16th. 16th, he's he's just back marker. He barely makes points. Yep. And 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 a great example is look at his very first race in Red Bull when he came in at Spa to replace Pierre Gasly. Phenomenal drive from like... 15th to 5th. Yep. Everyone's like, oh, this kid's got something. And then Monza comes around and there wasn't much there. No, I agree. There Look, wasn't much there. Um, I think what we're seeing in Williams now is he's now in a better position with his head and his training and his team that they're supporting him to focus that and bring that out every weekend because he's had a pretty decent year this year. He has. And look, I love that kid. I think he's just absolutely brilliant. You were saying before we started the show that this year's end of Coda was like a flip reverse on the end of last year's. Yes, but we've got more to get into. I'm going to get into that when we get to that part of the race. What do you got next for me? Second incident, and it's the big one. Oh, yeah, my God. Look, you've got a better time for this, so talk us through what happened. We've all seen the clips. We've all seen the photos. We've all heard what the two drivers have said. We saw a flying Fernando Alonso. It was kind of great to see. Oh, awesome. it looked awesome. Yes. It was the prang that we knew was coming from the driver you called. I did call it. I did say Lance and Nicholas are on the track. There's going to be a prang minimum. Yeah, we, you- got, we got a fucking flyer. So what has happened is Fernando, was it just after Fernando's pitted or I feel like it was just after Lance pitted actually. Lance has got ahead of him. It's a few laps later. He goes through the S's. He's on a blinder. He's catching Stroll. He has the exit you dream of. Them tires are fine. You haven't spun in the the corner. You have just blitzed that hairpin coming through it. You are on the run. You are charging down Lance. You are in the slipstream. You know you're quicker. You hit the DRS button. You you get on his ass, and then your last second, you turn out left, and Lance looks in his mirror, sees you, and turns left into you, causing the crash of the season. Yes, launched Fernando into the air. Lewis probably saying it went, huh, karma. <laughs> <laughs> Look, probably. <laughs> what was the fallout from this, though? Because it, it, I know that Fernando hit the ground and had to go into the pit. He was straight to the back. Yes, so what's happened is, is land, Fernando's launched, landed. It's done damage to the front wing. He had a half a front wing. But he's landed, and it's still driving. He just drives off. Lance, however, does like a 900 just spinning out, no rear wing because when Fernando's launched, he sort of clipped the rear wing, it's gone, spun out, pop, a tyre's popped off and rolled off. Very funny to see. He's out. He's out. He's, a race done. Race done. Everyone in Canada cheered because they got one less disgrace on the grid. And honestly, that's the result you want to see from someone causing an incident. You want to see their race ruined and them out because what really annoyed me about the George incident is Carlos was out. That's his Grand Prix over. But George got to continue. With five-second penalty. Five-second penalty is nothing when you take a driver out. And it needs to it needs to be looked at in, in the sporting codec of being like, if both drivers continue, then we do these five, ten seconds. If one driver's out... You need to cop a bigger penalty. A stop go, a couple of penalty points, probably both. Well, George got two penalty points. Good. Me. So, on top of that, so Lance is out. No... 
No penalty can be accrued to Lance this race. So he's got a three-place crude penalty at the next race and two penalty points. Good. Fernando, however, gets his car, gets around to the pits, changes the front end play, ah, front wing. They change tires and they send him out. I think I'm like, what, what? They hear that car's launched and landed. How do you not have suspension damage? Or how do you not just go? You know what, man? We're not going to risk it. The chassis might be cracked because that was an insane speed. They were going what? Probably two hundred. Oh, easily. It was down the back. It was a halfway down the back straight. You're easily at two fifty. Yep. Like they, he's launched, landed. They, they don't even think to check it. They just. Front wing off, tires on, have a look, send him out. The one thing they did miss. Yes. Mirror was flapping a lot. <laughs> <laughs> Quite a lot to the point where it's absolutely unusable. Yeah. There well, is no chance in hell. You can't see it, but I've just got my phone and it's just like wagging it because that's what it looked and like. And Coda is a bumpy track. It is a very bumpy track. So that, that mirror is completely useless to Fernando now to the point where he... I think he got alongside Seb, past Seb, and it just flew off into the distance. Best thing that could have happened, to be honest. It was probably holding him down with the bounciness. You know what? He lost about five grams of weight. Car's quicker now. A little bit. But yeah, so that happens. Alonso drops back to last, fights his way back to seventh. Phenomenal drive by Fernando. It, it That is the Fernando that won two world championships. He's, That's what he does. He just does does shit that shouldn't be thinkable of. Yep. And he's 40. Yeah. I just want to see him win a race and pop out the old man dance again. He can't dance. They the I love it. I hate it so I much. I love it so much. He gets up on the car and he wiggles and he shakes and it's just, it's not a good look. Oh, it's fantastic. But it's his thing. I tell you what I want to see him with. Get those two grid girls back. The original oh, two definitely. stand next to him. <laughs> and see how they're holding up to this long. So that, that, that sort of got rid of Lance, and as we said, Canada rejoiced. <laughs> so then the race continues. The safety car comes in, and we're basically raced on till the end of the race here. Yeah, pretty much. Because the next incidents that popped up were two pit stops. We had the one-in-a-season error from Red Bull Racing. An 11.2-second stop for Max Verstappen when he's leading the race, dropping him from first to fourth. But you know what? If you're in Red Bull, like, look, they pride themselves on not making mistakes. But if there's a team that can make mistakes in a pit stop, it's Red Bull. Because clearly, no effect on Max's race in the end. Little effect. Oh, it was in fourth. Look, it was. But and he was dropped behind traffic, and that was what was holding him up. Because they brought him out on mediums. Right. And Lewis was on hard. So in my head, when I'm watching the race live, not live, I watched it three hours later because I was on it. 6 a.m. in the morning in Australia. And I'm not stupid. I've got days off right now. I'm sleeping in. <laughs> I'm not getting up at 6 in the morning to watch a fucking race. Fuck that. <laughs> but I'm watching it. I'm like, all right, you're stuck behind Charles. Charles is also on the mediums. But like, they're, they're racing. So you're burning tires that you don't have as much as Lewis of. Yet Max somehow gets past Charles. Cruises by Seb, who was in second at this point. Cruises up to Lewis and gives us the reverse of last year. Yes. Because last year, Max had the lead. Lewis pits for fresher tyres and Lewis ch- tried to chase down Max. Now, Lewis didn't get there. And this is why I think Max is the better driver. Because Max not only got there, he passed him. Look, I agree. Max has definitely hit another level this year. I mean, he 
he should be able to pass anything in that car. That car is an absolute weapon. It's, it's probably the best Red Bull in years. It, look, it's the best Red Bull since I'm going to say that 2013 Red Bull. Well, the one that last won the world champion. Yes, I am. Yeah, yeah, that's the exact what I'm saying. Because this car is leagues ahead of all the others, and every weekend it's showing it. Yep. And, and the other pit stop. Yes. Broke my heart. Run me through it. Aston Martin called in Seb, who was running in second. My and boy. They couldn't get the front left tire on, no matter what they tried. Hey, it's raining. Um, so, 11 seconds stop for Seb. He goes from second to what should have been sixth down to last, nearly. He's like in 13th or 14th or something. He comes out and he does what Sebastian Vettel did best. He passed cars. Yeah, he tore it up. He he comes out on the back of a DRS train with like, who was it? Would have been K-Mag, Yuki, Esteban, Joe, Albon. I reckon he came out in 13th from memory. Yep. No, actually no, because Pierre was in there, but Pierre got brought into the pits of the... The three-second penalty when it was meant to be a five-second penalty or whatever. And also, we'll talk about that in a we'll minute. Talk we'll talk about that next. Seb first, because I have something to say about the safety car shenanigans. Anyway, Seb, just lap after lap, he just passes the car at turn one. Out the next five laps, he gets Albon, he gets Joe, he gets Esteban, he gets Sonoda. Then he drives up to K-Mag, and we have a Sebastian Vettel v K-Mag battle. To the end. To the end. And to the point where even Seb's like, I will miss this. You know what I mean? Like, that that's the racing Seb loves. He passed the line and he acted like he just won another world championship. And I was so happy for him. And instead of showing that, F1 Media showed Apple CEO Tim Cook barely waving the flag. Honestly, worst flag wave of all time. I can't believe we haven't spoken about this. Already, Tim Cook, oh my God. He's the George Russell of Tech Boys. It's terrible. George Russell couldn't even lift up a flag with them skinny arms. Tim Cook can barely hold a flag. It weighs 400 grams. He stood there. It just... It's worse than that one from the other year where she waved at a lap earlier. <laughs> that was the worst one. But at least she waved the flag. Yeah, there was some <laughs> effort behind. Like, the, the intent was there. Tim Cook, I don't think he knew where he was. That's the first time he's, he's wearing those glasses for a reason. <laughs> Although it's it's illegal in Texas. It was a debut of the very first Apple Android, and it was not a successful Android they rolled out to wave that flag because no. it did not work. But anyway. Pierre, my boy. Big fan of Pierre. This safety car, man. Look, these how what happened was you have to stay within 10 car lengths of the length in front of you yes. under the safety car conditions. That's the rule. That is, these cars are five meters long. That is 50 meters. So that is a significant distance you need to stay from in the car in front. Considering these guys can race safely two millimeters behind each other for 70 laps, unless you're Stroll or Latifi. Yes. Or Mick. Or George. <laughs> but apart from that, everyone else seems to be able to do it fine. Pierre Gasly was penalised three seconds for not maintaining that distance. It should have been five seconds. No, it was. It was five seconds. It should have been three. No, it was a five-second penalty, and they only took three or four of them in the pit stop. They didn't serve it properly, which is what has caused this penalty at the end of the race. Right. 
Here's the thing, though. There's been a lot of photos put up and a fair bit of fancy mathematics on the internet saying that, well, hold on. If he was more than 50 metres behind, so were these seven other drivers. 16 other drivers. 16 other drivers. And here's the thing. From all the images I've seen, and I'm have I'm an idiot, it looked like they were all within 50. Yeah. Like, how is it that we spend hundreds of millions of dollars on these cars and we can't have a measurement of distance between them? All you need is a laser sitting there going... It, like, the technology's there, man. So, here's my thing. With the Pierre penalty, the guy in front booked it down the back straight to yep. catch up. Pierre didn't know that. Pierre's coming through the hairpin. He gets out of the hairpin. He sees him 100 metres down the road. It's like, Pierre's in the hairpin, for fuck's sake. How is he meant to speed up and catch him? And it's a hairpin. You can't see the other end of it. Exactly. Like, what comes out of it? The penalty was bullshit to Pierre. It was a bullshit penalty. Yes. Because there were 16 other drivers where that exact same thing happened. It was more than 50 metres, but they didn't get a penalty, but Pierre did. FIA doesn't like Pierre Gasly. Look, I can't believe I'm saying this, because this is, this is a point that you've been hammering for the last, since last year, since the end of the season. We need Michael Massey back. Bring back Massey. Bring him back. Get rid of this nerd Niels Vidic. He doesn't know what he's doing. What's the other one? Eduardo Freitas. Who's not there for the rest of the year. So Who it's cares? just Vidic for the rest of the year. Get but rid of the nerds and bring back the rebel. Have and him barricade himself in the race directory room and let him go fucking ham. Please. Because at least last year it was controversial, but it made it good. This year it's just like, well, that's unfair. And they're like, no, nah, well, you can't talk to us about it anyway. Yep. I look... This was a good race. I really enjoyed this race. It has been let down simply by the fact that it was not managed fairly for some drivers. We've had the K-Mag all season getting busted for the tiniest wing damage and the Red Bull getting away with it. We had lap deletions that some drivers had a lap deleted in qualifying and others didn't. We've had this penalty about car distance where, as you said, 16 drivers, more than three quarters of the grid made the same error or lack thereof error, however you want to interpret it, and yet one driver gets pinned for it. I just, it's a letdown because this sport needs to be decided on the track. It should be about it on the track. And every race we're sitting here talking about, instead of being like, what about this insane pass? How close was this finish being like, yeah, that was kind of bullshit, wasn't it? Mm -hmm. And it's frustrating. Like, we love this sport, but but you make it hard to love sometimes. It's really frustrating to watch. Other drivers I want to talk about, Lando, you did fine. That's all I'm saying about you. If you want to say anything about Lando, you can. How good is last lap, Lando? He's fine. All right. I can't, <laughs> I can't get anything out of you to try and get some positives to him. No, look, I will I will go over it again, yet again. I think Lando is a fine driver. I think he's got a lot of talent. He's clearly in a good spot at McLaren. I hate him. I think you need <laughs> to take all this hate for Lando and funnel it into the person you should be hating, which is George. I hate George too. Who doesn't hate George these days? What was Look, that meme you sent me earlier? It's just like a like the night sort of round table. Table and it was Team LH, it was Ma- fans, Massey. It was just everybody being like, yeah. I, I gotta we gotta get this. This that was funny. Max fanboys, Team LH, chaps for Chuck, Carlos's smooth operators, Fernando's fellows, Vettel's cult, and it all reads one thing that I won't read, but it says George is something. 
Yes. And here's the best part about this game. Whatever culture you're from, you know exactly what that word is. <laughs> Wherever you're listening from around the world, every country has a word for it. Use your own. But no, look, I'm off him. I'm not going to knock his talent. They're clearly quick. I don't like them. I like George less than I like Lando. Do you wear that right? I don't care. Fair <laughs> Here's what I have to say about Lando. I like Lando. Yeah, no. And look, a lot of people do. I know I'm in the minority. I know I am. Any but, other drivers we need to mention? Oh, look, Danny... Had a shocker. Had a shocker. He did say in qualifying that something at the back of his car was really fiddling with his grip. But this season's a wash for him. He's come out in the media and said, you know, looking back on this season, like painful is not a good enough word to describe what it's been for me and for the team and things like that. I've got nothing bad to say about the man. No, we love him. We love him. It's it's sad to see him at the back. And because of that nature, we don't see him on the broadcast. So I can't even tell you how he was driving. That's fair. But, yeah, look, I mean, that's that's our sum up on the race, right? Basically. Did basically, you enjoy it? I enjoyed the bits that they showed that was racing. I did too. So I enjoyed watching the Sebastian K-Mag bits for the bits of it that we've seen. I enjoyed the Max chasing down Lewis bit. that, And also the, the Bono, it's hammer time. Oh. And then they just kept throwing back to last year. It's like, guys, do you wish Lewis was in the lead a lot more? Like, could you make it any more obvious you want Lewis back to the way he was last year? Honestly, at this point, I am I watched a good chunk of the race on mute. I'm not going to lie. I turned the volume off because I was so annoyed after that lap one incident because Crofty was just like, well, whose fault do you reckon that is? And Brundle was like, it's George's. Like, we saw what happened. I'm like, that's it. I can't listen to this shit anymore. Wait, so Brundle said it was George's fault. Straight up. Straight up was like, well... He locked up and took him out from behind. And, and then Crofty like, said, no, I think it's Carlos's fault. Well, you know, Carlos... My, my, he turned in on him. Oh, it just, i got to watch it on mute. i got to do what I used to do for the footy, which was put the football on mute and turn on ABC Grandstand <laughs> and, and listen to it that way. It really got under my skin this week, and I don't know if it's because I'm trying to quit vaping. I don't know if it's because I was dehydrated, but I tell you what, man, I was having a bad time. <laughs> But I love Coda. I do. That's fair. So I guess we move on from Coda to the next one. Mexico. That's this weekend. Or yeah. this Monday. This Monday. 6 a.m. again. Look, it's going to be a hell of a time to watch. I rate the Mexican Grand Prix. It's a great track. It's a fantastic track. And look, before we go into the facts, man... We got to throw it out there. We got to get on social media. Everyone needs to message the Red Bull Racing team and be like, "Let Checo win this." I mean, it makes sense, doesn't it? If he's in a position to win it, you let Checo win it. You have to. You, Could look, you imagine his dad? That's what I was gonna say. His dad is a bigger celebrity as Checo is because of how much that man loves his son and loves his country and loves seeing them succeed together. Give us the track facts, though. I am not going to try and pronounce it. I'll give it a crack. Go for it. <laughs> it's the Autodromo Hermanos Rodriguez. I'm happy with that. That was good. Thank you. All right. So Mexican Grand Prix. I can't even pronounce the fucking baseball stadium. Foro Sol Stadium. Yep. Whatever. Anyway, race uh, lap length, 4.304 kilometers, 71 laps. Pole positions on the left-hand side of the track. Where it normally is. 
lap record held by the 2016 uh, world champion who beat Lewis Hamilton in the same machinery, Nico Rosberg. Oh, fantastic. Uh, Best antibodies in the sport, I'd say. That's what I'm hearing. <laughs> uh, it's a 120.521, according to this, but it was wrong last week. Same website was wrong. Really? Yeah. Was it our website? No, not our website. No, our website's always right. Yeah, I write it. <laughs> but yeah, so according to this website, which is racefans.net, I'm going to call them out because their, their lap record for Coda was wrong. Uh, they think Nico Rosberg has the lap record. Uh, fastest lap, however, is held by Big Dick Danny Rick. Of course. 114.759 in 2018 in Q3. 20, that would have been in... That was the pole position. That in he a took Renault. Max. No, that was, no, it was a Red, Red Bull. Bull. Last year, a Red Bull. Yeah. He took it off Max. Good. If you remember. No, I don't remember anything. That's right. Uh, max speed, 350k. So, quick. Distance from turn one to the start of the grid. What do you reckon? I want to say it's a long one, isn't it? It is a long one. I'm going to say 300 meters. That is not that long. What is it? It's 890 meters. Holy crap. 300 meters is like Monaco. It's not that far. I'm not good with numbers and distances. Yeah, clearly. You probably look at the map from my house to your house. Like, oh, I can do that in five minutes. I do. I always tell you I'm leaving. I'll be like, I'll be there in 10 minutes. And then 35 minutes later, I rock up and be like, man, that's just every week. <laughs> I just don't listen to you when you say come. I'm like, oh, sweet. I've got enough time to play NBA or something. <laughs> Crack a few games in. Uh, pit lane lost time, 16 seconds. According to this. So it's probably like 25 seconds. It's got to be. I haven't seen a pit lane transit time less than like 20. Yeah. But those are the track facts for the uh, Mexican Grand Prix. I've got a couple of fun facts. I'm going to steal this directly from f1experiences.com. Okay. And it's from their blog, but Jim Clark is the most successful driver in Mexico with three wins. And then again, another fact about Jim Clark. I should have probably read this before I started reading this. Uh, it's the highest altitude Grand Prix ever. Yes, I remember that one. Yep. Because Mexico City is pretty high up. It is absolutely high up. So it's more than 2.2 kilometers above sea level. Man, that's like playing in Co- that's like Colorado in a way. Yeah, pretty much. It is. And the altitude affects oxygen saturation levels in the air, which directly affects engine ignition and power output. I learned that from Top Gear. I don't know why I know that, but I do know. See, that's what I'm good at. Random facts that are just embedded in my memory. But I remember that because... They did the... South American special. Yes, when they tried to go up over the volcano. And, yep. And they had to turn around and go back the long way. And here's another fun fact. For some reason, well, I know exactly the reason. Viagra, which is a vasodilator, helps with altitude sickness because it allows more blood to flow through your body, meaning you can get more oxygen in and you're not as altitude sick. Yes. And they took Viagra on top of the volcano and laughed themselves to death. So, coming this weekend to the Mexican Grand Prix, Stiff Dick Danny Rick. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you heard it here first Check it out I guarantee you One of them is How funny would it be If one of them Did actually do that I don't think it's high enough To be doing that though No it's not Look it, it They probably need to get The engine Viagra To be honest A Ferrari specialty I believe <laughs> It is on the site Of a former Olympic venue And why I love that so much Is They race through A baseball stadium yeah, it's kind of cool, to be honest. It looks awesome. They've got the traditional grandstands there. 
it's like a Coliseum aspect. It is, it's a great track. I love driving on it. It's one of the few F1 tracks that I can drive on successfully on any form of game. And there's not many of those. There's, there's you've got the Red Bull Ring. Mexico. Mexico. And that's about it, I'd say, for me. <laughs> Everything else I can bin it on. I can crash anything. I, look, what do we think is going to happen? Red Bull's already won the Constructors' Championship. They secured that this weekend at Coda. I think it's just going to be, I think Red Bull aren't going to phone it in, so to speak. I think they'll look at Checo and they'll be like, all right, we've got two of the three goals. Now we need to get you second. So I think there'll be a focus on Checo this weekend. There should be. There should be. That man has come into that team and done better than I think a lot of people were expecting. Yes. He's certainly shown me more than I thought he was capable of, and I've always liked Checo. Again, his dad, just a superstar of a fan. Can they take his dad up to accept the constructors if he wins it? I reckon they would. I I think they're allowed, though. Oh, hire him for the weekend. Hire him for the weekend. Double them staff and get away with it one more year. Oh, that'd be fair. Can you imagine they were, why did you blow the cost covers? We were paying Checo's dad. (laughs) He was our cheerleader. Yeah, fair enough. All right, no penalty. No, we can't be mad about that. Look, this this is a Red Bull track. Well, yeah, it's a quick track. It's a fast track. You know who's going to be really good on the front straight? Who? Williams. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) They're going to be great until they hit the braking zone. Yes, yes. And then they're going to just sail off into the... uh, Well, Latifi will just go straight into the wall. Yeah, probably. Uh, Well, I mean, we've got Jackie Doohan there this weekend. I believe Teo potentially is also in this week. That's all we didn't mention. There was like five drivers in FP1. I got a couple of them out, but I forgot the Teo was there. Teo was at... Coda. Yeah, in the Ferrari. No. No, wasn't he? Who was was in the Ferrari? Ferrari was... Was it Schwarzman or Schwarzman. Schwartzman. Okay. And Schwartzman was racing under his Israeli flag, not his Russian flag. Oh, interesting. Because he had dual citizenship, and we know that due to the conflict in Ukraine, Russians can't compete in international they sport. Be, they're going to be RAF. Well, they had to be RAF before Ukraine. Yep. And so Schwartzman was in Ferrari under the Israeli flag. We had... Teo in the Sauber. In the Sauber. We had Gio in the Haas. And that did a lot of good. <laughs> Honestly, like... They're like, hey, man, you have one chance to make your career. And he's like, I don't want to be here. Yeah, <laughs> Nico's on the phone again, guaranteed. Um, there was two others. There was five. You had one person in the McLaren racing for Danny in FP1. Uh, it was Polo, Alex Polo. Alex Polo, and he's an indie boy. Indie car guy, yes. And then you had Logan Sargent in the Williams. Okay, sweet. So those were the rookie drivers that we saw at Coda this weekend. We're going to see, who did you say again? Jackie Doohan this weekend. Yep, and he'll be in the Alpine. He'll be in the Alpine. And I I can't remember, but I think I read that Teo potentially would get his second one this weekend as well. I'd love to see. Well, the thing is, a lot of the teams have neglected it all year. So we're going to see it a lot over the next three or four races. Over the next three races where you're going to see pretty much random people in FP1. Look, I know a lot of us don't watch FP1. I'm not a regular viewer of FP1, but for these last few races, give it a watch because you're going to see the young talent who will look like they're stepping into the sport for the next year or two. Yeah, true. And a lot of those drivers did quite well. In fact, the only driver who performed poorly in that FP1 test was not a rookie. It was Geo. It was Geo smashing up <laughs> that horse, man. <laughs> like, their budget is just gone. And it was K-Mag's car who raced it to eighth. Yeah. Like, 
Poor Haas, man. Uh, speaking of Haas, new title sponsor, MoneyGram Haas F1 team. Title sponsor. Title sponsor. They have money. So next year's not looking too good because if they follow the same pathway... Oh, they're fucked. There's crash and burn time, baby. Yeah. Also, we didn't mention it about Coda, but the FP2 was trialing the new tyre compounds for next year. They have new tyre compounds for next year? Every year they adjust the tyre compounds, so they were testing out the ones they're going to be using next year based on the data from this year. And because it's the first year of the 18-inch wheels, we're yeah. going to see development in them. I've got nothing really to say about it. We saw it. The, te- the FP2 was a wash because everyone's just trying to get data for Pirelli on their new tyres. So that also happened. Any shake-ups do you think we're going to see this weekend at Mexico? Yes. What do you reckon? I think Fernando gets his players back because we didn't mention it. <laughs> We forgot to mention that at the end of the race. Oh, the protests. There was a bunch of protests, obviously. We did mention that Red Bull was protested by Haas, but Haas also protested Fernando. Yes. Step us through it, because this is your area of expertise. So they seen the flappy mirror and were like, how the how the hell is that safe? You, you black and orange flagged us for less than that. Yep. So they go into the steward's room. It is considered to be legit. Yes. Alpine and Red Bull both have to send representatives to speak to the stewards. Red Bull's dismissed. They gave enough evidence to say, you know what? Yeah, fair enough. Don't worry about it. Move on. Alpine, however, Fernando is given the equivalent of a 10-second stop-go penalty at the end of the race. Which is huge because that's 30 seconds. Yeah, because when we say stop-go, that includes pit transit time. And yes. that was just absolutely unfair. So he goes from 7th down to 15th or something. Like he, he drops right the fuck back. Yeah, to 15th. You nailed it on the head. Damn straight. So Alpine is now counter-protesting the protest. Yes. So, so the counter-protest has come in because Alpine believe that they... Uh, Haas lodged at 24 minutes past the deadline for protests. So this Thursday, there will be another hearing to determine whether the protest of the protest is protestable. Is protestable. <laughs> this is a silly sport. This is a silly sport. And Fernando today has come out. He's like, I thank everyone for the messages. Hopefully, you know, order is restored come Thursday or some sh- something like that. Thursday is an important day for the sport or some shit. That's yeah. Because I think that I think a thirty second stop like a ten second stop go penalty for Fernando for his his mirror is a bit harsh. Yes. And you know what? Justified if that mirror fell off and fell into Seb's cockpit. But it didn't. It fell off the track. It wasn't it If you're gonna penalize him, penalize him the time for coming in and getting it changed, which probably like twenty two seconds. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Or Honestly, be like, okay, well, nothing really came of this. Five seconds. Drop him back a couple of places. Yeah, it's not fair for Alonso to have raced fairly good race to seventh. Oh, a brilliant race, considering what he went through. Exactly. And then all that effort is for naught. And also, it'll drop Esteban out of the points. Which we're here to see. Which I want to see, because that would be really Esteban funny. did nothing this weekend. He just cruised around and inherited a position. Look... The only good thing that came from Fernando's penalty was Seb going up a spot or two. That's the only good thing. I feel bad Seb didn't get six. Uh, I think Seb... Well, actually, I think Seb deserved to be on the podium for his drive. He got driver of the day, though. Which was lovely to see. And he should be driver of the day going forward. 
Oh, dude, we Mexico. love Mexico. Driver of the day, Seb. Well, you were wearing Seb's hat today. I am wearing Seb's hat because I do like Seb. Oh, dude. He definitely has to be driver of the day in Abu Dhabi, that's for sure. We have I to agree. Send, we have to send him off the right way. He's yes. not going to win it. Let's let's just be like, Seb, we love you. Please come back. We know you're on 299 Grand Prix. We want oh, you back. Okay. Let the main 3,000 laps led, though. Yes, that's a record now, isn't it? Not a record, but it he, he broke that mark. He, Huge. He's been sitting on like... Well, I think he only had to get to two laps to get over it. Yeah, he's 2,998 he was yeah. on after yeah. his Red Bull, after his Ferrari days. It's like, oh, come on, get him two more laps. And he got them. He got them. He got them under, and the best part is he got them through no shenanigans. No, he just, he, he was, was there. there. Mexico, look, the championship's wrapped up for the year. It it's is. a massive congratulations to Red Bull. You can clearly say that they have got everything they needed to get right this year. Well, their competitors haven't made all the right choices. Ferrari. Mercedes. Mexico is going to be great. It's going to be a celebration of the sport. It's a fantastic racetrack. It is always jam-packed. The crowd goes absolutely mento. Checo is a national hero. He's the most successful driver from Mexico ever. And this is going to be a celebration of him this weekend. I hope he gets qualifying in the top two. I hope Max hangs back a couple of seconds and blocks the road and lets that man nail it. I do too. I think he deserves it. He deserves to win his home race. I think all drivers deserve to win their home race, but especially this man. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's Checo. I, I just want to say, you know what it has to happen if he wins? They just need dad cam. Oh, and there will just, be. There's going to be a camera that follows his dad. Around, Every he's, time he's there, they've got dad cam. He was at Austria. They had dad cam. Good. I just want to see that man just be... So proud of his son because I reckon it's going to be phenomenal. Oh, look, here's the thing. I'm a very sympathetic person. Someone throws up, I vomit. Someone goes to tears, I go to tears. That man just wears his heart on his sleeve, bursts into tears, seeing him last year. I can't wait, man. Like, genuinely, Mexico is such an awesome weekend. It's going to be fun this week. and We should do our predictions, though. Mad, I haven't even tallied up last weekend's predictions. I will do that and give a full wrap-up at the end of Mexico. That is more than okay with me, mate, because we're doing the double this weekend. We've wedged it all into one. Yes, so top five. Okay, I'm going to go first. Checo. Okay. Max. Understandable. Leclerc. Yep. Hamilton. Okay. And Seb Vettel. I wish. I'm putting it on there. And I'm going because here's the thing the drivers and constructors championships wrapped up I also believe ours is probably well and truly wrapped up yeah I think I've got like so a massive lead pick him from the heart fair enough but um, I'm going to go Checo first as well oh it has to be has to be Max second of course Lewis third though okay I like it he's doing well at the moment we didn't even talk about Lewis he's doing okay didn't need to talk about him fair enough <laughs> actually once we do the predictions there is something I want to talk about uh Fourth, Charles. Fifth, George. As much as I hate it. Yeah, no, look, it's it is a, it's not a bad lineup. What do you want to talk about Lewis with? He went off in turn nine, in turn 20. And according to Lewis, he was uh, Max was driving the NASCAR circuit. The whole last little bit, every time they cut to his radio, it's like, oh, he's going off again. As Lewis gets a black and white flag for the track limits. Yeah, look. Shut up. Drive your car. Drive your car. Hammer Shut time. Shut the fuck up. Hammer time. Just get it done. Look, let's wrap this bad boy up. I've had a good time. I did too. I think you've got a couple of beeps to put in. I have way too many fucking beeps. 
Hey, look, I I held myself to a high standard. This is on you, big boy. Yeah, I know. Thank you very much for listening, everybody. Please go to our website. Andy's going to be putting up more articles. We're going to get the boys to start writing their opinion pieces because we miss having them here with us. Thank you so much for spending your time with us. It it does genuinely mean a lot to us. We we passed a thousand listens recently. I and know that, it's crazy. It blows my mind. So if you sat out there and you listened to one episode or you've listened to all of them, when we saw those numbers, we genuinely couldn't believe it. It it's mind blowing that we get to sit here every week and talk about a sport that we do love. And it's even crazy to think that there are people out there who choose to spend their time with us. So if you have been listening, thank you so much. And if you could do one thing for us, tell a mate about it. It's the best way that we can spread and get more people involved. Tell someone you like, hey, listen to these two idiots from Australia. They're kind of funny. And when something goes wrong, they swear a lot. Yeah, that's basically it. All right, guys. Thank you very much. And we'll see you next week. See ya.